Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Lattermouth, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. And, uh, you know, I think we all love stories of, of, of science getting it right and scientists, you know, really nailing something with, uh, with their experiments and inventions. You know, it gives us, you know, everything from, uh, you know, penicillin to, uh, you know, robots that can tell us what wine you know, to have with dinner, you know, that kind of stuff. Indeed, yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, we, the wine loving robot. Yeah. Oh, it's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. In Japan. Um, but, you know, I, we love stories where, where science works, but I, I also really love these stories where science really ends up just on a winding goat path to nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, and one of, one of my favorite examples of this, at least that I've discovered in, in the last year or so, uh, comes to us, uh, courtesy of, uh, uh, Yorkshire's George Merriweather. Okay. And this is back in, uh, uh, the 1800s. Uh, he invented this thing called the Tempest Prognosticator. That is a pretty fancy title. Yeah, and uh, I've seen some some photographs of the of some replicas of it. It basically looked like a steampunk merry-go-round. All right, you know, it's very Victorian era kind of an invention. Uh, you know, it's the eight, 1850s, uh, 1851 actually, and uh, it, except instead of little um, little wooden animals to ride on in this little miniature uh, carousel deal, uh, there were little glass bottles, and each one had a leech in it. 
a nice little, you know, fat, blood-sucking, slug-type worm creature. You that know? doesn't sound very merry to me. <laughs> well, it was on display at the the World's uh, Fair and the Great the Great Exhibition at uh, London's uh, Crystal Palace. Okay. And uh, the whole purpose of this was it was a barometer, essentially. Of course, a barometer is uh, the device. A leech you... barometer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The, of course, a barometer. The whole deal is, you know, it's for uh, atmospheric pressure and all. And, sure. Um, and atmospheric pressure is one of the key indicators of what the weather's going to do. And how do leeches enter into this whole equation? Well, apparently, there's like this. Uh, you know, there's all there are all these folk tales about like, oh, if you go outside and you see a woolly worm halfway up a trunk, it means there's going to be a tornado. <laughs> you know, there's all you know that kind of stuff. And apparently, there was like some sort of folk tradition about leeches being able to leeches s- as meteorologists. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of like you're in a time when science, there's a lot of enthusiasm about science, and sometimes science gets mixed up with some thoroughly unscientific ideas sure, like this. Sure. And so the, this idea emerged that leeches could uh, sense electromagnetic changes in the atmosphere. It's pretty right. advanced of them. So naturally, what you do is you build a little carousel type device with all these with these twelve glass uh, vials. Each one has a little uh, little leech in it. Okay. And if they, the, the idea is that the, the leeches will sense this change in the air and they'll start crawling up the tube to get to an escape, uh, uh, area. All right. And if they go up, uh, then they will, uh, sit, they'll trigger this little hammer that'll ring a bell, which will let the, uh, the owner of the, uh, Tempest prognosticator know that some, some, uh, bad weather's coming his way. Okay. So a couple of things here about, <laughs> about the, the Tempest You have a few problems with this I mean, What if you have an outlier leech who really just likes to climb up the tube, you know, and get cozy up there, maybe take a little leech nap or whatever? And then how do you figure out, like, is it six out of the 12 leeches or eight of the 12? Or do all 12 leeches have to crawl up and, and, you know, hit the hammer and sound the bell? How does this work? And what if leeches are influencing one another's behavior? <laughs> like one leech crawls up, then, oh, that guy's going up. He must know something. So I'm going to go up to you. I mean, how does this all work? Yeah, I, th- I think you're clearly, clearly thinking about it more than the guy who invented it. Like, like these are some questions he should have been asking. Um, but the, the interesting uh, thing thing about it is you can uh, you can actually see a working replica of this at a barometer uh, exhibition in uh, Devon, England. Okay. And uh, then there's also one at the Whitby Museum in uh, North Yorkshire. Um, so anyway, I was really fascinated. By that. that comes courtesy of Mark Siddall's excellent uh, leech blog. Uh, Bedellania, which apparently means leech news, and uh, VictorianWeb.org. Great. Yeah. So there's some. some I feel enriched. Yeah. I do. Or yeah, enriched by bad science. So so that's some bad science to start off. Well, let's let's before we get all crazy on mm-hmm. Merryweather, I would like to give him credit for trying. Right. You yeah. Know, some yeah. of these crazy ideas succeed. Who knows. Yeah, I mean, and and it's I actually like to envision what the world could have been like had this. Work, you know, really taken off. Like, what if we were living in an age where things like the leech barometer or, um, or some of the other crazy ideas that take far too long to explain were like the predominant science and actually work? So today we were like, oh, uh, I don't know what the weather's going to do tomorrow. I got to go get a fresh pail of leeches for my, uh, for for my uh, machinery, you know. Well, I feel sure that in some parallel universe, perhaps they are. Hopefully so. Yeah. But in this world, uh, leeches, uh, uh, are pretty much used for um, basically one thing. Sucking blood. Yep, sucking blood. That's what they're good for. Well, they're... Let's, let's do a little review of yeah. the leech. Okay, so it's not just a leech. Of course, there are many different species. There are hundreds, in fact, mm-hmm. 650. Um, and they range in size. It can be anywhere from one centimeter to a little less than a foot. And, of course, they live in, in and around water. Yeah. I have to say, when I was when we were 
proposed this uh, podcast topic, I kept on thinking of that scene by a uh, the scene from Stand by Me. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's my premiere exposure to that leeches. One's, that one's pretty gross. Stephen King also uh, hit us with a uh, a pretty grotesque one in uh, the novel It. Ah, uh, I yeah. don't remember that. Well, I, I do because it was pretty <laughs> traumatic when I read it at uh, like age uh, twelve or something. <laughs> So uh, some leeches, not all of them, feed on blood. Uh, some of them are known to uh, ingest a little plant material, decaying plant material specifically. Mm-hmm. And they really live just about anywhere there's water. Yeah. They prefer fresh, but uh, I've seen some reports of them living in, in pretty salty, uh, popping up in some pretty salty water, too. So how do they find their host? Well, they apparently detect things like skin oils, blood heat, carbon dioxide that we're breathing out. Blood um, and heat, you mean, right? Yeah, blood and heat, not blood heat. That sounds like a, <laughs> I've never heard of that scientific term before. It sounds like a really cheesy, like uh, 1980s cop film. Oh, it does. Blood heat. <laughs> and they and they sniff out some carbon dioxide, right? Yeah, yeah, and they can, uh, you know, you, you when you see them on skin, of course, they're they're kind of like little slugs, and they don't have a lot of uh, movement. But in water, they're pretty swift. They can just swim around all over the place. That's their habitat. Yeah, with a nice little undulating motion. Yeah, and they have uh, they have two suckers, one on each end. The rear suction cup uh, helps the leech to move around on drier surfaces. Okay. Um, like, you know, your thigh or whatever. Uh, and, uh, and, to and to attach the host. And the front suction cup, uh, that's where you have a mouth with like three, with these, uh, three sharp jaws, which leave a Y shaped bite. Okay. I wasn't familiar with the shape of the bite. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever had a leech attached to me. I so. have not. Thank the sweet. Yeah. I definitely in swam heaven. in some waters where I could have gotten one, but yeah. Yeah, so they don't feed all that often, but when they do, they eat an insane amount. Yeah. Um, you, you cited a statistic in here that said uh, four or five le- large leeches can drain the life from a rabbit in half an hour. And they're they're basically these blood balloons. Yeah. Uh, and they can reach several times their own body weight. Imagine that. You sat down to a meal and you just kept eating and eating and eating. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much you weigh now. You probably don't want to give that away on air, but just to eating several times your body weight. Yeah, it would be pretty gross. I mean, it seems like, I mean, I think ticks do pretty much the same thing. It's like a, I guess a pretty, pretty common like parasite, uh, practice. And also things like, you know, monitor lizards, you know, other creatures where when you get that one meal, you just you go eat yourself it. silly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can just spend the rest of the time digesting it. Yeah. And they eat for quite a while, uh, too, sometimes. They can remain in place for as little as 30 minutes, but up to like six hours, just filling up on that blood. Well, so the cool thing is um, their saliva has a host of really interesting components, and uh, some of them are anesthetic and anticoagulants. Um, and there's one in particular called Hirudin. 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 Yeah, it's like Shuruken in Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the host doesn't feel the incision, and you know their their meal can continue uh, uninterrupted without any blood clots, without the host noticing. I'm assuming. Yeah. And they so they just keep gorging themselves on blood, and then bango, they get enough, and they roll their fat little selves off to uh, digest the meal. Yeah, I was really Im- Im- impressed by um, by a couple of the things I ran, that I ran across. Because there are... Oh, you going to do tell the Napoleon Oh, yes, yeah, definitely. Like, well, first of all, that you and you can find pictures of this, they they can attach to your eye. 
likes it some that varieties. Is, that is really terrible. And you have to be careful removing them because you like, oh, I pulled the leech off, but there's still like leech head in my eyeball, you know, kind of situation, <laughs> which is just gross. And they can attach to your throat. And I mean, of course, they can attach to uh, your... Yeah, but not just the outside, but the inside, which uh, there was this incident where Napoleon's troops were marching uh, from Egypt uh, across the Sinai Peninsula to Syria. And this is like 1799. Mm-hmm. They get really thirsty, right? So what do you do? You start drinking all the water you can find. Even when there are just a bunch of leeches in the water. So they ended up getting leeches inside their mouth and in their throat. And like some guys ended up sort of succumbing to blood loss. But other people, they were, the, the leeches were just drinking blood out of the inside of their throat. And it was just like making, it just caused the, all this like swelling and then they couldn't breathe and it's grotesque. That is a really terrible yeah. way to die. Imagine you probably didn't even know, you know? And would it be worse to know, I wonder, in that instance? Like, I, I don't know why I can't breathe, or I know why I can't breathe because leeches are, you know, sucking on my throat mm-hmm. and slowly killing me. I wonder if knowledge is better or worse in that instance. I don't know. You need something, like, really sharp to start munching on, I guess, like wheat thins or something, you know? <laughs> Some cool ranch Doritos. Yeah. You can unlatch them. Of course, leeches as healers is uh, not a new concept at all. We've been using them for ages. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, particularly in medicine. And why don't you t- tell us about the humors? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's the old, uh, uh, you know, kind of like medieval idea that uh, the body's ruled by four humors. And uh, and when these humors get out of balance, that's... What, did you did you look up what the four humors were? Oh, I'm having trouble remembering what the four are. There's um, there's bile and there's blood. And then there are two other kind of nasty things. I think it's maybe... Um, Okay. I can't remember. Okay. So, but there are four of them. Yeah. You can look them up. Yeah. I I don't know why I'm forgetting the other ones, but, uh, but anyway, you know, these things get out of balance and then they can cause everything from like schizophrenia to flatulence. You know, it's like any kind of medical problem. It's like, oh, well, your humors are out of whack. Let's throw some leeches at that problem. I would like to go to the med school where you only have to learn about humors back in the day. Yeah. The medieval, um, yeah, the the medieval, um, medical schools. Yeah, and so leeches, they pretty much threw leeches, or not through, I guess they gently attached the leeches to, mm-hmm. to any of these, any and all of these illnesses. Well, right. Well, I guess one of the things, well, you know, which we'll get to in a second is they, they are things that they can be very useful for indeed, in medicine. Indeed. And we'll get to those. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of like if you know, you're in, you're in the, the Middle Ages, and especially if you're, I mean, in, granted, in the Middle Ages, there were areas where People were actually thinking about what they were doing, but they of didn't course. necessarily have like the same scientific principles and standards to, 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 to make sure you know what you're doing. So, you know, it's just kind of like throwing a lot of things at the wall and seeing what sticks, but not necessarily, you know, rigorously. Get it? What sticks? Yeah. Like a leech? <laughs> just throw, throw a lot of leeches at a problem and see what, uh, grasp No, on. but I mean, in, in a sense, it does make sense. If you have something that you know, uh, it works or it, you know, maybe it mm-hmm. works on, um, you know, when you have a pool of blood sitting there and a, a leech can suck that up, then, I mean, why not, you know, try to extend the boundaries of that particular therapy? And yeah. I, maybe that's what they were doing. Yeah, it was just without regulation or, you know, or, or science necessarily keeping Again, it in check. Again, it seems yeah. like it would be a fun time to be a medieval doctor. Yeah, generally when you think of medieval medicine, you think fun times. <laughs> um, but but anyway, so yeah, but for the longest, uh, yeah, the medicinal use of leeches was was big business. Like nineteenth century governments even had to impose tariffs and trade bans because like people were using so many of them, it's like they were at the verge of extinction at times. There was even leech smuggling um, going on around the Russian border. So I I love the idea as um, you know, uh, blood drinking parasites as currency. Yeah, kind of. totally. And then. Um the problem was, was that breeding efforts weren't all that successful. And so 
some areas there were actually leeches were collected, you wrote, uh, to the point of near extinction. Yeah. And I wonder what it was like to be a leech collector. Like, was it basically you just you head down to the leech pond and you, you stick your arm in? I think. See, I feel like I've read something about someone that was a leech collector, but it might have been a, something fictional. OK. But you'll have to enlighten us on yeah, Facebook I'll, or on I'll Twitter when you find it. So in reality, um, the leeches probably had little effect on all of these uh, different illnesses they were used to treat. And mm-hmm. by the late 19th century or so, the, the bloodletting had fallen out of favor. Yeah, because it wasn't working for most things, and it kind of became viewed as barbaric and gross. Right. It just wasn't refined yeah. enough. Yeah. And, it, you know, again, it wasn't doing most of what it claimed to do. But then there was a resurgence in modern medicine. And really central to this is the the particular the, yeah, the substance. Medicinal, uh, well, the, well the, the, yeah, the substance in question is is herudin again, and uh, and especially the uh, medical in the medical leech, which is uh, herudu medicinalis. <laughs> um, Say that again. No, but it's just the medical re- leech from now on <laughs> uh, in this podcast. Right. So um, something that I was thinking about when we were talking about doing this podcast was. Okay, we have this resurgence of leeches in modern medicine. You know, why don't we just use drugs that are derived from the hirudin, the mm-hmm. the polypeptide that you know that can inhibit the enzyme thrombin from inducing blood clots? Why don't Why don't we just you know derive substances from this in the lab and you know, and, and in fact we have we do have drugs like this. So it just made me wonder if leeches would fall out of favor because maybe you'd rather pop a pill than you know slap yeah. a leech on. Well, I think like some of the things working in its favor is I, I understand that. Hirudin is, it's, uh, you don't get a lot of it from a, from a, from an individual leech if you try and harvest it. Okay. And, and I, and I understand it's like, the, synthesizing it is rather problematic and complicated as well. Okay. Um, but, um, but also leeches are pretty easy to, to, to maintain. I think you have to like change their water a lot, but you know, you can, you can like mail them and stuff. I mean, not like in an envelope and like little, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a special procedure. To, to Please mail don't them. mail us any leeches. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, you know, they're, they're pretty hardy, um, and they're easy to apply, and it, and it's like pretty easy to regulate. It's like, you need to drain more blood, slap on another leech, you know? Well, in particular, surgeons have found them pretty useful. Uh, and cheap, by the way. They're pretty cheap. Right. Well, so surgeons have found them pretty useful for particular kinds of surgeries, uh, like tissue grafting, or say I have to le- reattach a limb. Mm-hmm. Hey, I might want to have some leeches uh, as backups waiting to be used. And it, they're handy because, of course, they can remove the pools of congested blood from swollen areas mm-hmm. that are going to interfere with circulation and um, that can cause tissue death eventually, you know, yeah. after post-surgery. Yeah, it all comes back to this a lot. First, the, the hirudin, which is an anticoagulant, and then also the um, the, the the saliva also has these um, local anesthetic local properties. anesthetic properties that also have, uh, I think they can have sort of an antibiotic kind of reaction as well. Yeah, the saliva is kind of a natural medicine chest of all sorts of interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And another interesting thing that you're talking about was that the leech is really handy in microsurgery. Yeah. And yeah. that's when you're talking about reattaching these really tiny veins, like in a child, for example. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was a, a 1985 case where um, uh, a Harvard physician was uh, he was having a lot of trouble reattaching the ear of a five-year-old and uh, because there are all these little tiny veins and they keep clotting. And uh, he was able to successfully use leeches uh, to, to help it because, again, they're they're kind of like they're little pumps, you know. You put them on and they start, they, they cause blood to circulate and they keep it from clotting. Um, I'm tempted to make some really convoluted metaphor about, <laughs> about economic resurgence, but I'm going to hold back. Uh, yeah, apparently these are sometimes, they're also sometimes used with, uh, with, uh, diabetics. 
because uh, you end up with this uh, like with thicker blood, and uh, and there's a higher risk of uh, blood clots. So again, the uh, herodin uh, can uh, potentially be used to uh, uh, promote uh, better circulation, uh, and, uh, at least in, in cases where it poses a serious threat. And then you also came across uh, a German gentleman, uh, a researcher by the name of Andreas Mikkelsen, mm-hmm. and he's out of, or at least he was at the time, out of the University of Duisburg-Essen in Germany. Apologies. I, I hope I hit that German pronunciation okay. Uh, but this gentleman was suggesting that leech therapy may lessen the pain and inflammation associated with osteoarthritis. And huh. um, you guys know that's, you know, an inflammatory disease and the bones can grind against one another because the cartilage has been worn down. It's incredibly painful. Yeah. There's a lot of daily pain that arises with this condition. And I was confused as to how this, how, how leeches might tie in to osteoarthritis until I remembered uh, that, you know, the the saliva of a leech, it does have so many substances. And so the reason why leeches might be used in this instance isn't for the bloodletting, but rather for the um, the anesthetic, the analgesic uh, properties of that saliva. And so um, Mikkelsen has done a couple of small studies. He did one, uh, I think it had an N of 16 or so, and uh, it was by no means definitive, but mm-hmm. uh, he tested it out and um, you know, gave the patients, half the patients, uh, treatment with leech therapy, just a single treatment, and then half, uh, with whatever prescribed course of therapy was out at the time. And, uh, with the single treatment, they did, uh, the osteoarthritis patients did report, in fact, some lessening of pain. Um, and in fact, the effects from that, uh, one single treatment lasted for up to a month, I believe the study had said. Um, so it's kind of interesting. And then he, again, you know, he, he couldn't drop the, the leech. And uh, it's promised for osteoarthritis. So he looked into it later. Bigger study, I think it was in 2003, 51 patients. And uh, same thing, your control group got whatever prescribed mm-hmm. course of therapy. A couple of people got leech therapy. And uh, again, he found that um, people were reporting uh, significantly less pain, although the the effect dropped off, I think, after a week in this case. Huh. So it's kind of interesting. And even more interesting is Robert and I were talking about this uh, podcast right before we went in the studio. You know, we like to nail this down so tightly for you guys, listeners. And uh, there's an editor here who overheard our conversation and she grew really interested that uh, leeches could be used uh, for osteoarthritis, especially as she was allergic to painkillers. So we may have turned someone on at HowStuffWorks.com to using leeches. Huh which I thought was interesting. We'll see. We'll have to follow up with her, see how that works out. Yeah, maybe she could make a guest appearance on her show sometime. Yeah. Tell us how it's going. Now, uh, one thing to keep in mind with uh, leeches is that apparently uh, up to 20% of patients treated with uh, leeches develop um, infections caused by... A bacteria that lives yeah, in the bacteria, leeches' gut. Yeah, bacteria. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and call it, say the, the bacteria Give by name. Shot. What yeah. you got? Areomonas hydrophilia. All right. That's my guess anyway okay. at that particular pronunciation. Anyway, so uh, these infections uh, are apparently not that huge a deal. They can be treated with antibiotics. and uh, But it's led some researchers to try and develop artificial leeches. Okay. Robot leeches, I guess, like little pumps and all. <laughs> but, uh, but one of the problems there is that, again, leeches are cheap. They're easy to use. If you need more, you can just slap on another one. And, uh, you know, so the technology hasn't exactly picked up speed. Meanwhile, there are uh, plenty, like I was looking at a website uh, that supplies leeches, uh, medical, le- uh, weirdly enough, they have like a section for also like leeches for fishing. 
Oh, you want right. to use them as bait. So it's kind of weird to get your medical supplies and your bait shop needs <laughs> met by the same website, but you know, whatever. Uh, but it's, it's pretty cool. Like they, you know, they ship them out. They have the, they have a section where they show the little containers that they ship them in. And you can even, this is really cool. You can get like a special, like kind of, uh, uh the only way I can describe it is like a cookie jar for leeches. It's like a really like elaborate looking like, um, container to keep your leeches in. Okay. It, it looks really cool. I don't see why leeches haven't caught on as pets. Well, you know, they'd probably look pretty cool in a tank, like swimming yeah. around, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would come and, you know, sit on your finger, no problem. Yeah. Maybe suck a little blood. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have heart problems, think of the, uh, you know, they, you could, you just let them nibble on your finger for a little while. Mm-hmm. What could happen? Now, one thing you'd, uh, you'd actually ask when we were uh, going over this, you were like, well, do, do leeches ever like suck the blood out of other leeches after they're full, full of blood. Right. So in the leech tank, in the yeah. leech jar. And I looked it, it up and apparently they have, they have observed it with medical leeches. Like they were, I think they were specifically seeing if it would happen. Uh, and it did. Like they, they put a, they put a, let a leech feed, get it, let it, got it nice and swollen up with blood. I think they used cow's blood in the experiment. Okay. And then they, uh, they put it in with some other, uh, leeches and they were like, they just, they went after it and they sucked it dry and killed it. <laughs> so. It's a leech eat leech world. Yeah, indeed. Well, so far the uh, U.S. Food and Drug Administration has cleared the way for medical leeches um, because uh, they are available uh, mm-hmm. for treatment. And I think that was back in 2004, right? Yeah, 2004. And uh, it's it's interesting the way they carry it off. I mean, it, the you know the the very medical um, you know application of a blood sucking parasite. Uh, you know, it's like they they take the they rinse the skin, clean it, you know. And make sure it's nice and clean. And they also. Oh, you're, you're talking about the leech therapy. Yeah, to actually, gotcha. actually apply it for, you know, some, for one of these, uh, methods. You can, uh, then you, but you need to put up like a gauze barrier to keep the leech from moving away from the area you, gotta you want. Them in. Yeah, you want, cause you want it to feed on this particular area. Okay. And sometimes, you know, there's, it's kind of like getting your cat to do something, you know, it's like they never want to actually do it. So you, you put the leech down. Sometimes the leech doesn't want to feed. So you have, they have to, um, draw a little blood from the patient. Like with a with a needle, and mm-hmm. then like squirt it onto the area, and get the, start to get the leech riled up and interested in <sighs> feeding. So that's kind of you can lead a leech to blood, but <laughs> it's difficult to make him drink, right? <laughs> okay, if that hasn't impressed you enough about leeches and uh, their various interesting qualities, we have a last story for you about leeches. Yeah, and this one is this is another tidbit that comes off of uh, of uh, Mark's. Uh, Bedelania blog, um, which is again, like it's all about leeches. Uh, and, and he covers like a lot of really cool stuff. Like, you know, there's one uh, entry he had just about like leeches in various, uh, mythologies and about how they, they, they tie in. So it's, it's really cool stuff. But he, he related this one bit and this was, uh, about eight years ago, apparently. Um, this guy like broke into this, uh, 71 year old woman's, um, uh, home in uh, Tasmania. All right. And he makes off with all this money. Okay. Uh, a whole bunch of cash that she had like squirreled away, uh, you know, under a bed or something, and uh, and the the uh, the assailant didn't realize that there was uh, that a leech had attached to him, and uh, it was like you know some some sort of leech that's all over the island there, and uh, and it, so it fed and dropped off of him, and police were able to collect the the leech and and collect uh, the blood. All right. And then uh, get the DNA out of the blood and use that as DNA evidence against the uh, the guy who broke into the home. So that's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Like, like my whole thing, I guess, with the with the leeches, though, it's kind of like, it, you know, it's like if you've ever seen a movie or something where like a dude's a hacker, 
you know, mm-hmm. he's like really learns how to hack a system. And then then the authorities come and they're like, we should throw you in prison, but we have one j- with this job for you and only you can fix it. You know, it's kind of like the leech is a, a parasite. So it's learned how to hack the the human system for its own needs. But then we I'm come, liking this analogy. Yeah, this is one of my more. This is this one actually maybe makes sense. And but and, and then we've come around to him and said, hey, we've got a pur- we've got a purpose for you. We've got a, a job that only you can do. Because you've learned how to manipulate the system. We need you to go in there and manipulate it for us. So, Yeah. So I think the, the bottom line of that story is if you're afraid of being uh, robbed or, or burglarized, just keep a lot of leeches around the house. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll catch the perpetrator, no problem. Yeah. Live, live in the middle of a pond, if possible. <laughs> so I think that wraps it up for leeches this week. What do you, what do you think about old listener mail? Uh, yeah. Let's see what we have here. <laughs> Yeah, I've got uh, I've got some mail here from Liam. Um, what did Liam have to say? Uh, he wrote in about our lefties uh, ruling the world po- podcast, and so uh, he had some some tidbits to, to share. Um, he said, uh, "When I play racquetball, I find that I have a huge advantage over others. I only ever play against right-handed people, and they get really aggravated when they find that I don't have a backswing. I bet they do. I play mostly with my right, but instead of using a backswing, I switch hands to my left, so I never have to use a backswing." I I don't know what a backswing is, but I assume this makes sense to people. To racquetballers. Yeah, to racquetballers. Um, <laughs> I wish I could do this with other sports as well, but I can't swing a bat, throw a ball, or really kick with my left. See, I can't do any of those things either. So uh, I don't know why I grew up this way, maybe mimicking people around me when playing games, but I like to think of myself as a right-handed lefty. So there you go. That's pretty interesting. Well, Liam, you can't see you, but I, I'm saluting you with my left hand right now. We also heard from Amy Claire, uh, ambidextrous Amy Claire, who wanted to hear more about being ambidextrous in our left-handed podcast. Uh, maybe we'll get one. We'll get around to that someday. Yeah. Definitely. And, uh, and then also Paul wrote in and he says, uh, in response to your call out, I'm a right-handed guitarist. Cause yeah, we were very interested in like, in playing right-handed guitar. And I was also wondering like, how do right-handed guitarists, I mean, left-handed guitarists, um, uh, seduce uh, women that they're trying to teach to play guitar. You know? Yes. But uh, but anyway, he says, I'm a right-handed guitarist, but I know people with left-handed guitars. On a right-handed guitar, you strum with your right hand and do the opposite on the left-handed guitar, which has always confused me. Wouldn't you think you would use your right hand for the more precise part of playing, fingering on the on the fretboard? And yet I have, and there is no way I can do it the other way with a left-handed guitar. And he says, anyway, I love the show. Keep up the great work. I would like to know what kind of music you're playing on that guitar, Paul. Yeah. That was a key detail. You left us out. You left us hanging. I heard left-handed people have their own sinister secret form of music. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Lefties do rule. Uh, hey, so if you guys want to tell us more about your left-handedness or leeches, send us an email at sciencestuff at howstuffworks.com or hook up with us on Facebook. Facebook, uh, we're Stuff in the Science Lab, and on Twitter, we're Lab Stuff. So, yeah, let us know if you um, have had any experiences uh, with leeches attack- attaching to you, either um, with your knowledge or, um, again, without your permission. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.
Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.